Dear Pari, we love that you love books and listening to stories. One day, few years down the line, you will hear this podcast and have more questions. And we hope by then we will have more answers as well. Welcome to Dear Pari, a groundbreaking podcast series presenting facts, bursting myths, and tackling stigma around adoption. It will bring to you varied viewpoints from adoptees, parents, adoption experts, and government officials. This podcast is being brought to you by Suno India, a podcast platform for issues that matter. Hi, this is Priya, and this is Rakesh, your host of Dear Pari. In this episode we talk to Suganda who is a prospective single mother who gives us an insight into the unique challenges faced by single parents and we will end this episode by speaking to an important part of the adoption triad the birth parent we spoke with a birth mother whom we have chosen not to name she will tell the listeners why she gave her children for adoption we request our listeners not to judge her based on this interview alone because her life is more than just this issue and as parents who have adopted while we are thankful for our children let us acknowledge that adoption is also trauma for the child and for the birth parent first let us talk to suganda and understand why does she want to adopt i always wanted to adopt i cannot even remember when this idea came um, earliest i can think at least when i was 13 years old i was decided that i wanted to adopt whether i marry whether i do not marry it was in fact suggested to me as i said a very strong minded family so they were in fact open to the idea that i stay single and i go for an ivf but then i decided to stay with adoption i don't think my dna or my genes have something that great that i would rather overlook a child who is waiting for a parent and then procreate so all this contributed to my decision to register as a single pap do you think that's doubly difficult being a single mother in in the society even if you have say the support of your near and dear being a single mom is it comes with its own challenges uh, you know you can have all the support in the world but at the end of the day it is you uh, raising a child so uh, one of the doubts that i have festered for very long was if i bring a child in my life am i doing something good for myself and the child or am i depriving the child of the love of a father will she you know when she hits teenage and hormones are raging will she turn back and say why did you adopt me these are some of the major things that i wanted to decide who will be the male influencers in my child's life who are the people whom i want her to look up to as these are healthy relationships this is how things should work you know people who treat you equally people who do not discriminate on basis of gender then there are practical concerns uh, these were some things which definitely came from family and peers 
how will you raise a child on single income as in work wise physical responsibility wise when i am out working who will take care of my kid if my kid is ill is there someone to take care of her or do i have to be there 24/7 and that is not a very ideal situation in long term how do i split my time versus time with my baby because when you have two parents you can coordinate better on that there are always social presumptions uh, about single parents the doctor who gave me a medical certificate for my kara registration told me that she knows of four single parents who have already applied but not got the child kara does not give children to single parents and i tried convincing her that it is not the case but then these are people who are educated and you know maybe stakeholders in the system i am part of a group we were just discussing the challenges single moms face and somebody mentioned that a 5 year old told her 5 year old girl that your mom is not married so she has picked you up from garbage because you can't have kids outside marriage that is not what the child was speaking that was what the child heard from adults so as single parents and definitely with more so for single moms because in india having a child more than being questionable becomes sign of your character this kind of things can hurt the child and parent both so i believe that single parents have to manage lot more physically emotionally financially so do you think society has become more accepting of single parents now i will say i see both sides i know of schools which have been very helpful to single parents and i know of schools which are absolutely uncooperative very reputed school in delhi ncr uh, forced the mother to write a name for father's name column in the child school admission so she said that i am a single mother uh, this child does not have a father and they said uh, that's why you feel anything what is anything your parents are the first identity you relate to how can a school expect you to write anything and then solutions were being provided so a lot of people said that they wrote their own name in both the columns but see our courts are progressing they have said that passports don't need father's name or birth certificates at times uh, i think one of the high court said that it doesn't need father's name but schools are where you are molding the next generation and if you are not open to introducing new ideas i don't know what you are doing we don't have to tell them that family is mummy papa bhai behan we need to tell them family is whoever stands with you and whoever cares the word for you family can be a single mom family can be a single dad family can be aunts and uncles family can be people who are not related to you by blood there are friends who will stand by you more than your family will and with the whole lgbt issue 
being brought to light now i think we should be more open like the way if you are seeing in uh, us and other countries you see people introducing their kids to all kinds of families families which can have two mothers or two fathers also single woman with a child people will always look with suspicion that is not the case that single dads have to face at least um, you know questions are quick to come are you divorced is this an unwed mother people tend to look down upon you 2017 amendment which officially introduced adoption leaves it provides for adoption leaves only for adoptive mothers and not for adoptive fathers so in case of a single father he is getting not even lemons because they don't get any leaves so i know of single fathers who have taken their annual leaves and then took maybe one month of work from home but they had parents to support them not everybody has that so yes i don't think authorities as well as society is treating single parents equally in terms of a single mother and a single father you raised a very important point of on how if it's a single mother then questions are very quick to come but maybe it's not the same case in terms of single fathers i do believe uh, we still look at a man sharing household work as helping out the wife we don't see it as two adults sharing household work it is always help to be very frank i know a lot of people educated working in corporates who say that they don't expect their husbands to help and whatever help they get from their husbands is great uh, people still think that raising a child is primarily a woman's role if a man loves kids too much he is not macho enough he is feminine um he's too emotional estrogen high and you will start labeling them and then yes as you said uh, if a single man decides to adopt it is seen as something great it is seen as something almost divine that he is doing for the child we asked her what changes are required in the society to make the lives of single parents easier i'll start with the basic foundation adoption is not charity and adoption is not the last resort to have a family it is an active choice which individuals are making may they be couples may they be single parents and it should be seen as that only i can't tell you how many people actually congratulate with me with oh my god you are doing such a good deed for the kid and i have to tell them no i'm doing it for myself i want the love of a child i want to bring up a child i am not doing any charity there are easier ways of doing a charity so changing social perceptions would be on top of my list so one of the changes i would like to see is an equal parental leave irrespective of the gender of the adoptive parent irrespective of their marital status irrespective of the age of the child and whoever is bringing a child home needs time to bond with the child the child needs time to bond with the parent kara has decided to give a bump of 6 months 
on date of registration to single mothers who are above 40 years of age i don't really understand the logic behind it are we still working on the perception that a single mother over 40 years is lonely and needs a child sooner than a single mother or a single father who is not 40 years and is not covered under this bump why is this not given to all single parents why is this not given to men in general so again you know uh, our policy makers are trying to bring in good things but i don't think they are very inclusive in india a lot of couples who adopt choose to not disclose to their child that they have adopted um do you think that luxury is there in the case of say a single parent i strongly disagree about the point of hiding a child's identity from them be it with couples be it with single parents it should not be done yes it gets difficult for single parents if they wish to hide the fact of adoption for reasons best known to them because they will have to lie a lot they will have to come up with creative ideas about how they brought the baby into their life were they divorced were they married did the other parent die did they find the baby somewhere how did that baby come to their life make it an active choice that i wanted you and i brought you into my life with all the willpower and all the happiness that i could birth parents this part of our adoption child is hated and loved equally by adoptive parents they are a source of great pain and mystery to many many adoptees and with india following a closed adoption system often are also the ones whose voices are not heard with power of reproduction glorified so much one wonders why a woman would give up a child whom she carried for 9 months the quintessential filmy dialogue maine tumhe 9 mahine pala hai and then what about the father why does he allow his children to be given up or does the man force the woman to give up the child as is the popular narrative is it poverty or patriarchy or mixture of both when we set out to do this podcast we were keen to have this perspective that of a birth parent we weren't sure if we will get this voice i mean where are we supposed to go and look for this birth mother but what we understood post the interview was that no one story is the same and most importantly who are we to judge birth parents why should we even judge them considering most of them live with the truth of having given up their child day in and day out while this birth mother was okay with us using her real name we took an editorial call not to as we didn't want her to be judged and who knows even be attacked on social media for the purpose of this interview we will call her sita parts of this episode will be beeped out to protect identities of sita's family i was 17 and my mom decided that i have to get married it was actually a uh, influence from my grandmother she was 72 i think she was she was quite frail and uh, i had grown up with her a lot of my years 
um, for many reasons. And she was like, oh, you know, I have to see uh, wedding before I go to die. So that was this emotional uh, blackmail kind of a thing, whatever. So I tried to postpone it. I said, no, I want to study, but it didn't work out. It was an arranged marriage. We were married in 1989. And uh, obviously, I, I had just finished 11th. I, it was actually, I had not even crossed 18. So technically, it's not legally allowed marriage. But somehow, you know, since it's arranged and you know, nobody questions the legality of a marriage. And we just treat it as a sacred relationship, you know. So I've been married. And my first child I had in 1991, four years after my wedding. And my second child was in 2000 uh, in Singapore. We were in Bangalore at the time. I remember after our wedding, we were like four years, 89 to 94, we were in Bangalore and desperately wanted to leave the country and go somewhere like Singapore or Hong Kong or something. I had continued my education via distance education. And the only thing I asked him was, you know, see, I'm doing my 12th and I have an inclination to study. So I want to study after my wedding. And he was like, okay, after marriage, I don't think it's uh, recommended to go to college. So I would recommend um, you continue your education, but you continue it via distance education uh, and not go to college as such. So we were in Singapore for 10 years from 1996 to 2006. So that's when I had the two kids um, who I gave away two kids in adoption. I don't I think that's very rare for a parent to really plan and be get pregnant. And then, you know, I think the reason was because uh, I come from this Chetir family and uh, somehow uh, it's a very big thing to have a son. And, you know, like my first child was a girl baby and I was fine. I mean, to me, any child is the same, but, you know, is the only son and his mother. So when I was pregnant, like four or five months, she used to immediately in the fifth month start getting clothes for the child and she would get clothes for a boy baby and I was like what would it what would you do if it's a girl baby and she said no no, no I'm quite sure it's going to be a boy and I'm like then I had to tell her no it's not a boy it's a girl it's, it was quite tough so about 2000 1999 we were a little you know a better placed he he had found a job and I had a job and so on so that's when my second daughter she's now 18 she's turned 18 my first daughter was born in 1993 she's now 25 both of them know about the two kids that I've given away for adoption. Sita tells us that it was important for her mother-in-law that she gave birth to a baby boy. She told us that the community she hails from was doubly particular, like many across India, about the need for a son to take the family name forward. In her own family, her parents had given birth to her brother when Sita was 17 years old, the same time she got engaged. She also told us that her own father had been adopted within the family as her grandparents had no sons. I don't know, this thing about having a son is like, it's been going on and on and I think it still prevails a lot. So that's one of the reasons that, no, that is the main reason I really wanted to try to have another child, hoping that I'll have a son. But in my case, I don't know, I think... I think maybe I felt I couldn't afford. So I had my third child in like 2004 and my and that was a girl baby. And I knew it uh, after after five months. But when I got pregnant, it was a very planned pregnancy. So I was like, if it's a boy, then I'm going to have it. And if it's a girl, I'm going to find a parent uh, who was not able to have a child for whatever reason and who desperately wants to have a child. And I would give away this child to a family with the thought that they would take good care of her. So that was my um, 
what is it strategy or justification or whatever it is and uh, the family we found in 2004 for my third daughter i still have names so the third daughter uh, we had named her madhu so the family we found was from holland they were actually obviously i i had heard of a lot of americans and europeans who adopt children and really take good care of them so mm-hmm. that is one of the thoughts i was okay with them i actually tried reaching out to so many of my friends who had like two sons and who didn't who wanted to have a daughter before the decision and before i got pregnant it seemed to be like a doable thing but it's i think it's the few months before and the few months after the delivery is really very uh, traumatic emotionally it's very emotionally draining for uh, you know i think for any mother see the moment i gave away the third child my life actually overturned you know like kind of in terms of uh, the amount of um, stressful situations i had to face in life uh, my husband actually he lost his job it is probably the decision that i took that might have triggered all of this you know like me giving away a child is like just giving away the wealth in your life and you know god decides to you know uh, kind of balance it out by really taking away something from it in 2006 sita told us she and her husband were falling apart emotionally she believed having a son would save her marriage she told us that since her community looked down upon divorce she was forced to keep trying to salvage a relationship that had almost fallen apart and i come from a family where we don't want to um, break a marriage until it's really no i mean we just don't want to break a marriage no matter what you just make it work so that's the kind of mentality we've been brought up with that's where i decided okay maybe i'm going to give a give a last try and see maybe if i have a son that might give me the hope to keep this marriage alive you know so it was a very very stupid decision very very i don't know whatever it is after i got pregnant i remember uh, the, uh, the arguments went went quite bad and then uh, we started living separate and in november i i knew she was a baby girl again and this time the family was a local singapore family so again i had to just go through uh, the process and you know when at that time i was like how stupid could i have been to do to go through this a second time when i knew it was so tough i you know see basically i'm having a child and i'm living in society and i don't want to tell the society at that time that i'm going to give the child for adoption so that's a very tough decision you know at that time i was not ready to tell everyone so but i couldn't tell them that i'm going to give away for adoption because you see see i'm i'm educated i'm working in a good company i earn well and i go and tell people i'm going to give away adoption because the girl is a baby girl it's really so stupid i i i i tell myself that the justification is that i probably wanted to not have a mediocre life i think i think if the child was with me and if i couldn't afford anything and if i could only afford three meals a day she would be fine do you think i don't know ideally i suppose in the previous like 20 30 years back they would have just even now i know as i said right these couple of families who have had kids they just manage maybe i should have just managed i should have just had them with me no matter what i won't say uh, that the thoughts have faded away or i've forgotten i think i think of them at least almost like every day or you know um every instance i'm sure they're going to question me why did you give me away and you know that's one question that i dread and i think that 
you know something tells me that one day i might meet them i will meet them but i don't know sita tells us that while there was no direct coercion to have a son but the indirect pressure to have a son was felt and lived she also said that back then she was made to believe that a perfect family was the one where there was a son i i felt like it was a drawback in me if i couldn't have a son also i i felt i somehow felt a, a balanced family is one that has a boy and a girl maybe maybe it was even my psychological there is an expectation in the family and the boy will have um, you know a certain um, not to say the word respect but at least a certain sense of uh, achievement or happiness in having a son in the family generally i just felt you know i just needed to have a complete family and somehow i felt a family is complete with a son maybe i've still not got over it life has not been easy after the adoption that's for sure we asked her if the children she ever gave up came looking for her and her husband and asked them why did you give us up if she had an answer for it do you think so i don't i don't have an answer because all of these answers that i have are just lame reasons no yeah i don't think there's a yeah i i now think back i probably i should have just done what it takes to um uh, there there are two scenarios okay one is i could have had the children with me and they could question me as to why did you have me if you can't afford to have me that's one type of a question the other question is okay i decide my situation i know i can't afford you so i give away to a family hopefully they can afford to have you and give you the life you deserve and then the question is why did you have me if you wanted to give me away the truth of the situation is even if the kids were with me or they were without me they will always have questions to ask in the past few years we have seen some adoptive parents and families discuss about birth parents with a lot of anger these discussions often veers towards how terrible birth parents are for giving up their children we ask sita what she thinks about it yeah you know the only thing i would like to say is this is a very emotional thing you know it's completely emotional both on both sides the parents who take the child and give so much of love and grow the child and on this on the giving side as well you know to have you know uh, had the child for 9 months and to decide to give away uh, you know a child so on both side there's so much of emotions and you know it doesn't end the day the baby the child is given away you know a birth just stays with the mother for life so and obviously that does not underestimate at in in any way the amount of love that the uh, adopted parent um, you know gives to the child after adopting the child right so it, everything has a lot of value and uh, what i would just request to the parent uh, who has adopted children is to just be open minded you know you can't really uh, uh, assume what type of a birth parent you're going to expect or you're going to see unless you really know them in person whatever so not really um, you know boxing or saying this is what to expect so you really don't know what to expect because i think the birth parent themselves have too many questions you know and they are constantly dying of guilt for sure so try not to have too much of anger um you know whatever the situation might be when we started the series we knew at the root of adoption were socioeconomic factors such as poverty but little did we know that we would see how devastating patriarchy has been sita's story is not an unusual one we are conditioned to believe that adoption happens because of poverty and gender it is surprising for me 
that we don't seem to want to go deep down and reflect on why and how there are so many girls up for adoption we almost seem to believe that we can't change it sita's story is that of patriarchy at its worst she was conditioned to believe that the only way she can prove her worth is by giving birth to a son and it will be her and her alone who will be blamed by the society for her decision to give up her daughters not her mother her mother in law and definitely not the husband we are a society that shames unwed mothers and those mothers who give up children for adoption we are also the same society that glorifies those of us who choose to adopt the law helps single parents women and men to adopt how is it that at one side we say beti bachao beti padao and at another end our own government promotes cradle scheme so that parents can abandon their girl children why is it all right for women to be forced to have child after child for that magical boy child remember how he said that adoption shouldn't be the last resort for a parent adoption should also be the last resort for the child more needs to be done to keep families together i'm sure we agree about this let's also question those policies that aren't inclusive and not really keeping the welfare of child at the heart of the discussion let us open up the discussion around child welfare and not snub voices we are not comfortable let's demand that the government does more in child welfare why is it that year after year despite trafficking and shelter home scandals not much is done to improve the state of child welfare in our country have you ever wondered why this is not an election issue because rights of children isn't a mainstream discussion and we demand that it should be the last 3 months have been pretty intense for us conducting interviews carrying out research and producing these episodes we have some more bonus tracks lined up for you and we hope you'll become a patron to listen to them these episodes will bring to you perspectives into adoption trauma talking to teachers about adoption nra adoption among others during the course of making this podcast we have received immense support and love from many many people levin mendes of lakshmi bomb a band from mumbai reached out to us when we were featured in the hindu and offered us a beautiful song titled pari to be used as a part of this series we love this song so much that we kept it till the end this is written and sung by sonia hyam and beautifully resonates with our podcast we would like to thank abhay adhikari and ben holt advisors to suno india we also would like to thank all those speakers who took their time out and came on our show bloggers who have generously written for us and also the participants and jury of the flash fiction contest special thanks to nikhil rao for the amazing music priyanka kumar for the illustrations kunika balhotra for the support with research and transcription tarun nirwan for all things digital anurag rao divyanka and rajesh for their invaluable advice on how to take this to more people ishwari nalini and sumitra for editing support and valuable feedback Special thanks to Bharat from the Logical Indian and of course all our patrons who believe in us and are supporting us. In our next podcast Every Vote Matters EVM we will be talking about voter awareness and why it is important for each one of us to vote. 
we are partnering with a data journalism website factly to produce this podcast series do check out their website factly.in for some amazing articles and in-depth reportage using data on various topics don't forget to subscribe on our website sunoindia.in for more updates किसकी ख्वाहिशों को मैं
If you believe that knowledge is power like we do, please do consider contributing to us at patreon.com slash sunoindia underscore in. You'll also find this link on our website. We really, really appreciate your enthusiasm and support you've shown us since we've started. And we hope to be able to continue to provide you with such engaging content in days and months to come. And yes, don't forget to share this episode on social media with the hashtag Dear Pari. 